0: What is up guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast, episode 96. So I guess you can call this our Barry Cofield episode, and to give you a timestamp as I do for every episode. It's about midnight on Sunday, October the 1st, so we're finally in spooky season, and the Washington Commanders are about seven hours removed from from a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, 34 to 31. Before we get too deep into this episode, if you're checking this out on YouTube, be sure to comment, be sure to like, and always be sure to subscribe. We're about 90 subscribers away from our 1K subscriber goal, and I'm still looking to give away. I'm still looking to give away those tickets to a game that'll be announced at a later date on Bleeding BNG's behalf. But we have to. We have to cross that 1,000 subscriber mark. And I think that we can get there. I think that we can get there in the next couple of weeks. Um, but as I mentioned, Washington fell to um, the Philadelphia Eagles 34-31. to 31. And the title of this episode, man, is I'm Sick of Moral Victories. I'm Sick of Moral Victories. And you'll understand why once we get into the nitty-gritty of this episode, why I titled it this episode. Um, but as always... Let's get into let's get into the raw unfiltered analysis that you came to the channel for. Um as always, let's start with the quarterback. Man, Sam Howell balled today. Sam Howell balled out today. He was 29 for 41 for 290 yards, one touchdown, and 40 yards rushing. So he had about 330 all-purpose yards together. Um and it was a great response from what we saw against the Buffalo Bills. Um this is a guy that made high level throws. He made high level throws specifically one that stands out in my mind is the throw that he had um, to Logan Thomas on the same route. It was like a shallow post route. Um, In between the numbers, um, Logan Thomas took a pretty big shot, but he put it where only his 6'7 tight end can get the ball, and that was something that you really haven't seen out of Washington quarterbacks in the last couple of years. Um, Taylor Heineke didn't have the arm strength. Carson Wentz didn't have the accuracy. Even going back to Kirk Cousins, I don't think that Kirk Cousins has that type of gun to make that type of throw. I know Kirk has the ball placement. Kirk has the anticipation and everything that made Kirk Cousins a really good quarterback, right? Kirk Cousins is a really solid quarterback um, despite <laughs> despite what he did today against the Carolina Panthers. But um, I don't think that he has the velocity on his ball like Sam Howell, uh exhibited and displayed on that play. Um, to Logan Thomas, and that wasn't the only high-level throw he made. And as I mentioned, it was just good to overall see him bounce back from what was a rough outing against the Buffalo Bills. We'll be not we'll be fooling ourselves if we said that that loss wasn't somewhat on Sam. Um, it was one of the roughest quarterback performances that we've seen in a couple of years. Not only taking the nine sacks, but the four interceptions as well. That was thirteen negative plays on top of many. Other negative plays that didn't have a lot of um, positive impact on the game. But to see him respond like that against the division opponent, the guys that have been the king of the division over the course of the last two years, the NFC the, the NFC conference winner, the uh, Super Bowl runner-up last year, um, it was something um, to see. Um, and it was something that, looking back in the big picture, I can sit back and say, man, we might have something in Sam Howe. And I can honestly believe that. To see the way that he bounced back. And now he's starting to put together a string of decent games and good outings. Um, no, a string of good games. Let me watch my wording. A string of good games. He was good in the Denver Broncos game. He was decent in the Arizona Cardinals game. Uh, he was he was, he was was decent in the Arizona Cardinals game. But Sam was good today. Sam was good today. Um, he started out. The offense came out. Guns and blazes scoring on the first drive. And he kept this ahead of the chains. He, you, can sell, you can see that he excels in the quick game when he's not hesitating and when he's not holding on to the ball because of that arm strength, because of his ball placement, because of his accuracy. He has a lot of the traits that you look for in a franchise quarterback in his first couple of starts. Now, I'm not saying that he's the guy, right? The jury's still out for that um, decision and things like that, but he's looking more and more like the guy week in and week out. He's looking more and more like the guy week in and week out. And if you guys can remember last week we didn't go too hard on Sam because I expect to take my lumps with a with a young quarterback with a what a young signal caller with a young signal caller that I'm hoping to groom into, you know, a franchise caliber quarterback. Um so those games like the Buffalo Bills game is going to happen. But <coughs> excuse me, to see him bounce back today was a sight to see. His escapability. He finally used his legs today. It's almost like the Washington coaching staff, I mean, not even the Washington coaching staff, because it wasn't like he was going on design runs. It's almost like Sam Howe was listening to the radio radio th- this, weekend, this week. A lot of fans, including myself, were calling into the radios and things like that talking about how Sam needs to use his mobility. I've told you guys before, he's not a super athlete, but some guys just have that escapability and that innate ability that when I think that Sam isn't holding on to the pocket, holding on to the ball, and second-guessing him himself in the pocket, he has that ability. Think of a prime Russell Wilson with that escape ability. Russell Wilson was never born, never known to be a freak type athlete, right? But this is a guy he was always described as like slippery. He was always described as elusive in the pocket, and I think that Sam has those same uh, type of capabilities. And I think that it's something with those little type of guys, right? Because Drew Brees never was known as a superior athlete, but he could use his legs when he wanted to, especially in his early years um, with the San Diego Chargers and then, you know, his early years with the Saints before he just became a fucking tactician with the ball, putting the ball in the air. But Drew Brees was a guy that had that innate, innate escapability. Even a guy like Baker Mayfield, whatever you may think of Baker Mayfield, um, while he's not a superior athlete, and you see him getting hogged down by police officers in the middle of the street, he displays some of that innate, um, you know, escapability. And I think it has something to do with the body size, right? I think it has something to do with the structure. These guys are inept to, you know, having that escapability because they're not used to over, uh, seeing what, um, over their alignment due to their, you know, vertical um, challenges um and things like that. You know, Sam topping out as what I think they list him as 6'1, but I told you guys me and Sam Howell look look, look each other eye to eye. And I'm five eleven on a good day, right? Um but let's get back to the game. Um one of my favorite things from Sam was the sequence in the game time drive when he um eventually threw the uh, game time touchdown to Jahan Dotson. Guys it was third and seventeen on that drive, right? And we've experienced pretty of comeback wins and plenty of comeback near near wins and things like that in the Washington Commanders history Redskins history Washington football team history I could go back to some of them games with like RG3 in the Meadowlands throwing that dot to Santana Moss then you know us ultimately losing to you know the Victor Cruz um, you know playing things like that but thinking back going even going back to that game um, you know, we had a lot of miracle plays. If you can remember Robert scrambling and hitting Logan Paulson in that um, but in this sequence that I mentioned with Sam Howell on 3rd and 17, one thing that I like um about this, you know, comeback drive as opposed to like the one that I mentioned with Robert Griffin in 2012. Yeah. Yeah, our, our knowledge goes crazy over here in Bleeding BNG. We like a football encyclopedia. Specifically, uh, a Washington Commanders football team Redskins encyclopedia. But getting back to the game, uh, one thing that I um, like in this sequence as opposed to the one that I mentioned with the New York Giants is that Sam diced the Eagles up. You know, they had the um, uh, penalty uh, with A.J. Brown, taunting Emmanuel Forbes, and we're going to get to that guy later. We're going to get the old Manny Forbes later. But A.J. Brown had the taunting penalty, with uh on uh Emmanuel Forbes on the touchdown, resulting in us taking the short kick off Antonio Gibson coming out to the nearly the forty yard line. And then Sam just did what Sam did. Um well, Sam did what Sam does. You know, he had a third and seventeen where he threw a rifle over the middle to Curtis Samuel, resulting into I think it was a fourth and two where he then ultimately strung the play out, extending the play, rolling out to the right, then finding Antonio Gibson for a first down. And at that point in the game, and we're going to be doing our reaction um, episode tomorrow, so be sure to come back to the channel to come see that. But at that point in the game, I had a little bit of faith in us coming back. And ultimately, we did. Ultimately, we did. And all of that was due to the the awareness, to the presence, to the savvy, to the moxie that Sam Howell displayed today. Because guess what? The O-line started to fall apart. The O-line started to fall apart in the second half. They held up pretty well in the first half. And this tells you the state of our offensive line where we gave up five sacks today and I feel like we played decent despite the last couple of drafts, right? Um, And that just tells you the state of our offensive line. Um, Our offensive line is not good. (laughs) They're not good. I can't put it in any other ways to say it. Um, As I mentioned, you know, when you say that we played decent today and you look up at the stat sheet and say that, oh, man, we still gave a five sack. unless you have, know everything that you need to know about that offensive line. But I, I'm here to say, prize free agent tackle, and I call him prize free agent tackle because I mentioned last week. We signed this dude on the first day of free agency like he was nice. Andrew Wiley is the worst offensive lineman on this roster by far. Andrew Wiley is the worst offensive lineman on this roster by far, and it's not even close. The reason that we were at the third and 17 on that game-time drive is because of Andrew Wiley and his incompetence and his ineptitude. But you guys are going to keep telling me how good he was in the Super Bowl, right? Or how Eric Enemy can scheme him up. You can only scheme up poor play but so much. You can only scheme up poor play but so much. And as I mentioned before, I said the offensive line held up decent today. But as I've mentioned in previous episodes, it tells you something about the offensive line when all you can say is that they held up within the structure of a play. Expecting my offensive line to hold up when I, when my quarterback, my young quarterback, my young signal caller, who's playing in his what fifth game, fifth game of his career. I'm asking for too much to expect these dudes to, to hold up when my quarterback has to extend the play. When he has to hold the ball because he might have missed the read because he's in his fifth fucking start. How is, and why am I asking for too much for asking for my offensive line to just do that for a couple of plays? It's football. Most of the football plays are played within a structure. But the couple of times that it isn't, it's almost like our offensive line just falls apart. It's like damn! I just held my guy for two seconds. Now I gotta let him go. I gotta let him go. And that's the Andrew Wiley special, man. That's the Andrew Wiley special. That and getting his ass beat inside. That and getting his ass whipped inside. Sam Cosby didn't have his best game today. Nick Gates is a baller. I signed Nick Gates to a lifetime contract. I don't know if you guys saw the picture going around of him giving the middle finger after our first touchdown. Told you, Nick Gates has diva wide receiver energy. Big fuck you energy. And I love to see it from our center. And he played a decent game today. Still would like to see our offensive line get more push in the run game. Brian Robinson had 14 carries for 45 yards. Antonio Gibson had 6 for 19. The The averages aren't crazy. But I do love the fact that we stuck with the run. We controlled the time of possession in the first half. That's a formula that we had when we beat Philly last year. Eric Biennium, heard the critics. And he showed that when he's able to get a lot of plays and when your offense isn't turning the ball over and running only 50 plays, you're able to be balanced. As I said, I'm not mad at the 20 carries between the two running backs that I mentioned today. And Sam still threw the ball 41 times. That's balance. The offense put up 31 points today. We should have won the game. And I'm going to get into that later. Trust me. Trust me, because I'm holding no cause for this defense. I'm holding no punches for this defense. This Jack Del Rio defense, that's in year four. We're going to get to them. Trust. Best believe. Because I mentioned, I'm sick of more victories. But looking back in the big picture, our offense did its thing today. Our offense did its thing today. Terry McLaurin finally Finally stepped up. Terry McLaurin produces every time you feed him. So guess what you think you need to keep doing? Feeding him. Keep feeding him. He had 8 for 85. And a touchdown because he recovered a fumble in the end zone after Brian Robinson fucking ran over it, dude. And at that point, I just started spazzing. Because that was beautiful NFC East football. Even if he fumbled the ball. Guess what? My wide receiver was there to out with some D-linemen. And at that point, I thought that they didn't hit the weight room in Philly this week. But then they proceeded to shut me the hell up. Curtis Samuel. 7 for 51. Curtis Samuel's been balling all season. Had a touchdown. Had a rushing touchdown. Eric bien is finally using Curtis Samuel and utilizing Curtis Samuel how I expected Curtis Samuel to be utilized when I heard that we hired Eric B. in February of 2023. One of the first people that I thought was going to be one of the biggest beneficiaries of this offense was Curtis Samuel, and you saw that today. He was used in multitude of ways. He was used as a receiver. He was used as a bat. Curtis Samuel is that type of player. As I mentioned, Terry McLaurin just gets up for Darius Slay. Darius Slay told y'all in the offseason Terry McLaurin is too fucking fast for him. And Darius Slay is a hell of a corner. He might get a gold jacket one day, but Terry McLaurin is not the matchup for him. Not at this point in his career. He's too fast for that man. Slay be out that bitch grabbing the shit out of Terry. And as I mentioned, he had 8 for 85. But this guy could have well over, he could have, he should have. Scratch that. I told you, I'm watching my word play today. He should have had over 100 yards today. Because guess what? I thought the refs stopped screwing Washington when Dan Snyder left. Because football is a game of inches. Yes, it is. But if that catch on the sideline in overtime, on our first drive, if that catch on the sideline was rude to catch by uh, the official, you can't tell me that they're overturning that. If that's rude to catch on the field, you cannot tell me that they're overturning that play. You cannot tell me that that doesn't end up being a big game for Curtis uh, for Terry McClure. Because that was a fucking dot by Sam Howe. Yes, Reed Blankenship's fucking forearm is made of fucking steel. I don't know how the fuck that happened. And he just bounced up like it was nothing. Football players are fucking menaces, bro. That's why I realized that NFL shit was not for me in college. Dude step on my forearm like that, I'm out for 16 weeks. (laughs) Put me on the IR the rest of the season. But getting back serious. You can't tell me that if that's rude to catch on the field, that they're overturning that play. Because there was an inconclusive evidence. That's why they didn't overturn it because it was ruled an incompletion on the field. Because they didn't have the evidence. But there's been time after time after time. I watch every NFL game every weekend. Damn near all 22s for half the NFL games. Yes, we really do that over here at B&G. That's why I don't let y'all talk to me in any type of way. Because I know y'all don't be putting in the hours that I put in. I see time after time across the league that officials will give that a catch, will rule that a catch. They go back to the replay, see some inconclusive evidence, and have to stay with the call. But because it's Washington, all right, we just going to assume that he was out of bounds. We're just going to give him the out of bounds. Game of inches. The luck of the draw. And I'm not saying that we were cheated in that instance. I'm, I'm I'm not. we were cheated in that instance. I'm not saying that we were cheated in the in, entire game. That game did not come down to that play because the refs had a couple of ticky-tack calls on the Philadelphia Eagles as well. I'm here to say that. But getting back to the receivers, man. Hey, what's up with Jahan Dotson, bruh? What is up with Jahan Dotson? Y'all told me he was about to be wide receiver one. and in, re, in reality... He's wide receiver three. And this is something, hey, y'all, we gotta stop. We gotta stop doing this over there in the Washington Commanders community. We gotta be we gotta stop being complacent with mediocrity. Because early in the game, I mentioned that just right after he had one of the fucking worst drops that you can have to extend the drive. I said, Jahan Dawson looks drunk out there, bruh. He's been getting clamped the last two weeks. He got clamped against Buffalo. I saw it live with my own eyes. Boots on the ground at FedEx Field. Then I watched the All-22 to validate everything that I saw. Go back. Jahan Dotson got clamped. And he was doing the same thing today. Go to the first drive. With Terry, marched the shit out of that third string corner. And, 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 and little him, head-topped him. On the comeback route. Go back to that first drive. They tried to do the same thing with Jahan Dotson, and he got fucking bullied. And he got fucking bullied. He barely got off the fucking line. Right? This is our wide receiver that we drafted with the 16th pick. And I agree with some of y'all when y'all were going with that hot-ass take that he was going to be wide receiver one going into the season. Because he has first-round pedigree. He should be better than Terry McLaurin at some point. Well, it ain't now. It ain't on October. Oh, it's October 2nd now. It ain't on October 2nd, 2023. I told y'all, one of my biggest concerns with Jahan Dyson was his play strength. The man plays weak as hell, bruh. The man plays weak as hell. And one of the reasons that I started to buy into the hype because we were at training camp, he was winning on the boundary, and I thought that he might have had potential as a ba- as a boundary receiver. And it's starting to turn out to me that he might be strictly a slot receiver, right? We might have drafted fucking Cole Beasley with the 16th pick. I'm joking, but not really. But getting back to what we need to stop doing in the Washington Commander community. Yeah, I mentioned that, how Jahan Dotson had been drunk over the course of the last two weeks. Because he had been getting clamped over the course of the last two weeks. All season for real. But he had been getting clamped, like no separation over the course of the last two weeks. Then he had the game-time touchdown that was all Sam Howell and scheme. Right? He didn't do anything special to score that touchdown. He was schemed open. And then y'all started attacking me. Like he was frying all game or something. Jahan Dodson had four receptions for 27 fucking yards. This is our first round pick. And y'all telling me to keep that same energy. It's kept. It is fucking kept. That shit don't move me. A touchdown when you schemed open doesn't move me. When Sam Howell done built y'all out the whole fucking drive. That does not move me. It moves y'all, though, because y'all complacent. Y'all complacent with, with, with losing. That's why the episode, the title of this episode is No More Victories, because that's all I've been seeing on the timeline the last seven hours. Get into this fucking defense, though, man. Get into this defense, dog. The defense lost this game today. You can't put it any other way. When your offense scores 31 points, I don't care what type of defense you supposed to, you, you supposed to have, let alone a, a defense in year four of a system with hella first-round picks and hella cap accolations out here fucking folding week in and week out. We done gave up 30 points the last three weeks. And looking at a big picture... This is why I'm more upset about this game as compared to us getting blown out against the Buffalo Bills, right? Because I was expecting to take my lumps with this young quarterback, right? That young quarterback, he took lumps against the Buffalo Bills, nine sacks, four interceptions. I was expecting that though, right? I was not expecting to have to be taking lumps with this defense in year 4 of a system with hella first round picks and hella cap allocation to it. I was not expecting that this year. Y'all told me that this team was ready-made and they were were looking for a quarterback to get them over the hump. Well, guess what? The quarterback played to get them over the hump today. It was the defense that set them back. It was the fucking defense that set them back. That's why I'm hot. That's why I'm hot. Jack Del Rio wouldn't know a fucking blitz if it smacked him in the face. That vanilla-ass defense. I need Dan Snyder to come back with vanilla ice cream on his desk. What the fuck was that today? And I've said it time and time again. If our defensive line doesn't have an outer body experience, our defense goes to shits. It's ridiculous. Re- he be out there with that ass man and ass defense. No nuance. No scheme. No disguises. No shifts. Nothing. Nothing. Just out there with that weak ass cover four quarters match defense that everybody knows you running, bruh. Come the second half of every game, they be fucking pimping the shit out of Jack Del Rio defense because they know what the fuck is coming. Shit, I do. I'm sick of it, bruh. What's our identity? If you've been a Bleeding Me and G fan, you know for the last three years I've told you, I believe that all good NFL teams have an identity. They have something that they can rely on when the going gets tough. What's ours? What's ours? Because as I mentioned, y'all told me that we had the ready-made team with the ready-made defense and the weapons that if our quarterback just gave us above-average play, which he did today, that we were going to get over the hump. And then we proceeded to give up 30 points in the last three games. And don't even focus on today. Even all, yeah, let's focus on today, because we still gave up 34 fucking points. We gave up 30 points to fucking Russell Wilson, bruh. We gave up 30 points to Russell Wilson, bruh. Emmanuel Forbes got fucking. A.J. Brown dragged his nuts on Emmanuel Forbes today, bruh. And I'm going to need Emmanuel Forbes to stop getting into it with all these receivers, bruh. As I tweeted before, he started getting fucking cooked. There's a common denominator between the Baltimore practices. I don't know if y'all saw it last week. Stephon Diggs was damn near about to fucking put this nigga in a chokehold after the Josh Allen touchdown scramble. In the first quarter, him and A.J. Brown were getting into it in the first quarter this week. There's a common denominator, right? And I like that that Forbes is feisty. I like that he's competitive. But guess what? How feisty can you fucking be when you getting dog shit into an all game? And then going back to the Washington Commanders community. Y'all are complacent, bruh. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he's going to take his lumps. But guess what? This is two weeks in a row. Why can't I speak when I see the dude playing fucking horrible? Rookie or not, I'm going to speak on it. Emmanuel Fools playing like shit today. Nowhere on the timeline did I say he was a bust. I say he's not that guy right now. And I need to go back and find all the tweets that was trolling us, my group chat boys, my man Rio, my man Zach, Tayantar, Alex, at our reaction when we pick fucking Emmanuel Forbes over Christian Gonzalez. Y'all keep that same energy there. Because as I said earlier in this episode, it's capped. Mine's is capped. Mine is capped. Emmanuel Forbes holding all pro receivers. To, I mean, Christian Gonzalez holding all pro receivers to 50 yards. Emmanuel Forbes holding 50 catches a game. Two touchdowns. Why the fuck was he, his bony ass checking A.J. Brown in the first place? Because they seen the tape and they saw Devontae Smith fucking drag his nuts on him in college. At some point in his career, Emmanuel Forrest may very well be that guy. He's not it right now. And I'm going to say it. Get out your feelings when I do. I can see if I was talking wrong. I can see if I was talking wrong. Matter of fact, nah, no, I ain't even gonna do that. I ain't even gonna do that to the people that were telling me to chill out when I was saying that he was looking like dog shit, and then he proceeded to give up what looked like to be the game winning touchdown. I ain't even gonna do that because we making excuses. Yes, he's a rookie. I saw Sons go on and clamp the shit out the entire league last year as a rookie. I saw Tariq Willen clamp the shit out the league last year as a rookie. I just told you about Christian Gonzalez. As I mentioned with Jahan Dotson, these are our first-round picks. We had no pick from our draft class today have a positive impact in today's game. None. Zero. Me and Kawhi Martin, our second round pick. Me and Kawhi Martin, our second round pick, had the same amount of impact in today's game. They might as well sue me about that bitch. (laughs) i Like You can't expect us to not bring that shit up when he's getting torched and Christian Gonzalez out here bowling. Shout out to whoever had the video clip. I forgot who it was on Twitter. But they mentioned that they suspected that in the commander's log when Raw was shooting down trading up, they were suspecting that uh, uh, Mayhew was trying to trade up for Brian Branch. And Raw said, no, not Raquan still there on the board. What the fuck? What the fuck? And the worst part about that is between Brian Brash and Christian Gonzalez, these are two players that everybody and their mothers knew was going to be nice. I'll get y'all that in the Washington Commanders they come out of this community. Christian Gonzalez and Brian Brash were high on our draft boards. And y'all want to call us couch GMs. Well, guess what? The couch GMs look like they right. We not, we not trading up for Brian Branch. Just so we can't miss out on the fucking opportunity for KJ Henry to sit out every fucking week. Just so we can miss out on the opportunity for KJ Henry to be on the inactive list every fucking week. Like, huh? It's bigger than today. It's bigger than the game. I'm going to say this week in and week out until he's out, out out, of the lineup. Cody Barton is fucking cheeks. My six-year-old sister can play linebacker better than Cody Barton. Go look at the DeAndre Swift touchdown, y'all. Go back and look at it. I told you, we're doing a reaction video tomorrow, and I hope they show this shit. Cody Barton is still standing still, and DeAndre Swift is fucking celebrating in the end zone. What the fuck? Then the fumble. He over there celebrating instead of falling on the ball. And then he's too nice of a fucking linebacker for me. I don't know if y'all saw. He had knocked Jason Kelsey's helmet off. He was so quick to fucking apologize. Like, what the fuck is that, bruh? You're a middle linebacker, bruh. I saw that shit. Man, Man, I knew it, bruh, when you let fucking Mark Andrews body slam Danny Johnson. I knew you was pussy then, bruh. I told you I had to smoke for this defense. Offense balled out today. So I don't want you to think that I'm too upset with this loss. But when you sit back and look at the big picture, this defense is in year four. This isn't Sam Howell. This isn't a young quarterback getting adjusted to the NFL. Yes, I'm going to call players out when they're not playing up to their capabilities. Like John Allen didn't play bad today, but he didn't play up to his Pro Bowl capabilities. So I'm going to mention that. (laughs) What? This defense let us down today. And hopefully they can regroup and bounce back. Because we got a short week. And we got the worst team in the NFL coming in on Thursday night. So he finished the first quarter of the season. Can't even do quarters now because the fucking 17 game schedule throws everything off. But we ended up two and two. We won the games we were supposed to win. I, I don't I don't even like saying lose the games we supposed to lose. I don't think we're supposed to lose any game. Not in year four of this Regime. Quarterback on not. Especially not when he balled out like he does today. But we gotta get ready for the JV of the NFL and the Chicago Bears. You know I'm coming with the vlog. The Thursday night vlog is going to be crazy. So stay tapped into the page. As I mentioned, reaction video dropping tomorrow. Um, Yeah, long season ahead of us. But y'all got to stop being complacent with losing. Y'all got to. Oh, y- oh, y'all going to hate us over here bleeding B&G because we got a high standard of excellence. And I'm going to hold my team to that same standard. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. I'll check in on you guys later. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. If you aren't following us on all social media pages, if you aren't following us on X, please be sure to tap into our X. Our handle is at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N, B-N-G. So there's only one G in our X handle. And then on Instagram, at BleedingBNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G, B-N-G. So that one's spelled the more proper way. There's two Gs in our Instagram handle. Ha- uh, handle. If you're checking us out on audio-only platforms such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to leave a rating. Be sure to leave a, a like. Be sure to leave a review. That's how we finesse these algorithms so that Bleeding me and G is the number one content hub that comes up whenever you're searching anything Washington Commanders. And as I mentioned before, we're 90 subscribers away from 1K. Let me get get me there, please. Get me there. I know we can. I know we can. Let's get there before. Let's get it before the bye week. I know we can get it before the bye week. Um so thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Be sure to check into the page cause I got a lot of content coming out and I'll check in on you guys later. Peace.